0: So grace and peace can be ours, can be yours, in abundance through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hey guys, I am so excited because today will mark the first full month of podcasting on here with you guys. This has been just an absolutely awesome thing in my life uh, being able to study and prep and prepare and uh, be able to go deeper and, and teach on some things uh, through the week I've just loved it and I feel like it's been of value to a lot of you guys we've had a ton of people subscribe we've had a ton of people comment and share the amount of messages we're getting about what the Lord's doing with it has just been so encouraging and I just want to thank you guys for being a part of this and for just letting God use it the way that he is and I just want to tell you guys up front if you haven't already subscribed come be a part of this thing subscribe get every week it's 15 20 minutes every single Week just to go deeper in God's Word, and with this one singular focus, uh, I believe that we are heading into you know a difficult time, an uh, anti almost anti Christian season of our country, uh, and it, we have listen. There's going to be difficulty, and there's going to be you know battles because of that. But ultimately, uh, when you're in a, a a darker world, that's when we can shine the brightest. And this entire thought process this year for this podcast is just learning to walk and follow Jesus uh, in a culture that is no longer of. Christ and so we have a massive opportunity to change the world around us to see revival and that's what we want to focus on uh, literally all year and we keep going so these messages mean something to you they're gonna mean something to somebody else if God uses them in your life adds value to you through these he will do it in someone else's life so please share these things with your uh, people with your small groups with your friend group uh, with your house church with your family uh, there's a lot of people getting together and basically just listening to it and having a Bible study with it uh, there's a, a person Message me said they're doing that, taking lunchtime at work with a couple people they work with and going through this stuff. So there's a lot of ways it can be used, but I just want to encourage you to be a part of it, uh, share it, uh, put it out there, subscribe to the channel. God's doing some cool stuff. So I want you guys to know up front that today is going to be a solid amount of information. We're going to get deep, but this is why we do this, so you can go back and re-listen to it. Uh, but we're going to be in 2 Peter, 2 Peter verses 1 through 10. Uh, and I want to I want to take my time with this, and I just want to deliver stuff. I just want to deliver some information, and then hopefully you guys will take that information, read the scriptures, study the scriptures, and let God uh, just speak to you and grow you with it. Um, because there is a there's a powerful concept, a powerful concept in Second Peter verses one through ten that ultimately leads us. Listen, ultimately leads us. To living a life in in Peter's words, living a life of effectiveness and productivity, a life of effectiveness and productivity in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so that's what our heart is today. We want we want to figure this out. We want to position our lives. We want to get in this place where we can be effective and productive in the knowledge of Jesus and for the kingdom of God. Um, and so we want to look at that uh, this morning. I'm going to start with uh 2 Peter verse 1. I'm going to read this first because I think it's very important that we understand exactly who Peter's talking to. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. So he's saying, listen, up front, he tells you who he's writing to. He says, I am writing to those who have been saved through faith by Jesus Christ. He is writing to followers of Jesus. This is important to understand this. It's, it's incredibly important to understand that what he is about to say and the things that he is about to teach, he is teaching to followers of Jesus. He's teaching the followers of Christ. He's not teaching the people who don't know Jesus. He's teaching the people who do know Jesus. It's very important that you understand this because as we go through here, we're not talking about salvation. That's not what this is talking about. We're talking about growth in Christ. We're talking about grace and peace. We're gonna talk about uh, taking part in the divine nature. We're ultimately gonna talk about uh, being effective and being productive in the knowledge of Christ. And he is making sure that you understand up front we're not talking about salvation. We are talking to believers, talking to followers of Jesus. And the information that he gives in just nine short verses is substantial, and it is of epic importance that we gather onto this and capture this and take advantage of this. So I want to I go on to verse 2. Uh, he says, so grace and peace, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So he makes this statement and I want you to just stop for a second in your heart and your mind and I want you to consider these two words, grace and peace. Grace and peace, two of the most powerful things available to believers and available to followers of Jesus is grace and peace. Peace is the thing that you want more than anything else. You may think you want happiness and joy even, but you want peace. Peace is that thing that just allows us to wake up, walk through our life, and live our life with significant uh, just peace of mind, a a focused mind, knowing that things will be okay. It's an absence of anxiety, it's an absence of worry, it's an absence of negativity, it is just peace. It's knowing, uh, fully knowing well that life is good and life is okay and life is heading in the right direction. Peace is the thing that people chase the most. It's just full satisfaction in our hearts, and our minds, and our souls. That's what peace is, and he says grace and peace is yours in abundance, but then he says something very specific. Grace and peace is yours in abundance in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the knowledge. So grace and peace can be ours, can be yours in abundance through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So Peter is talking about knowledge. He is laying out something about knowledge, specifically knowledge of God, knowledge of Christ, that is of epic importance. And he up front says grace and peace is yours in abundance through knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I want you to hold on to that and I want you to drop down just for a second. So I want us to look at verse 3 as we move through this. So he moves on from grace and peace and he says, "His divine power, talking about God's, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness again through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness." So I want to I want to reiterate this because this is the 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 rest of it is 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 Uh, is great and it's powerful and it'll mean something but it all hinges on us understanding this one statement god's divine power meaning god's divine ability god's divine power has given us or made available to us every single thing that we ever would need when it pertains to life in godliness. In life is this life that we live, this life we live with Christ, this life we live following Jesus, this life, our marriage, our kids, our families, our schools, our life, our purpose, everything that is life. And he says in godliness, and godliness is a sense of devotion to God. So what he's really saying is he's saying everything that we need, God's divine power has given us and made available to us every single thing that we need to be able to live a life of powerfully devoted to God, to live a life filled with the spirit of God to live a life where we are effective to live a life where we are expanding and advancing the kingdom of God to live a life where we are shining the light of Jesus in and around us to live a life where we are making a difference and absolutely revolutionizing and changing the culture around us. He says everything that pertains to life in God is everything that pertains to a God-full life, a God-devoted life. everything that lives, Everything that we would ever need, everything that we would ever need to think, everything that we would ever need to possess, to be able to live a life of power for God in this life, change our culture, you fill in the blank, it's all been made available to us in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. All right, so I want you to, to hang with me for a second because this is, the, this is the problem. Is a lot of times when we read this and we, we read this or we see this or we hear someone say this, we confuse availability and possession as being the same thing. Something can be available to you, and you can even have a right to something, but you not possess it. So Jesus Christ in his divine power has made available to you, you have a right to all of these things that pertain to life and godliness. But that does not mean that you possess them. It means that they are made available to you but you you don't possess them, they're available to you. So you have to go out and reach out and take what God has made available to you. That's, That's the significant thing in this, and that these things are available to us in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, which we'll break down in a minute. So he says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, Through these, meaning through these, through these things, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So I I want you to, I want to go through that really fast piece by piece by piece. So he says, up front, everything you need is made available to you. Everything you need to live a powerful life is made available to you. And he goes, and through these through, through these things to all the everything, through all these things that he's made available to you. Through all of these things, he's given us very great and precious promises. So God has given us great and precious promises, promises, things that simply are. They are true. They are promises of God. So through these things, somewhere in the knowledge of God, is everything that we need to live a powerful life. And now he's breaking this down and going, these things, in these things, are the very great and precious promises of God so that through them, he's given us the precious promises of God so that through them, through the promises of God, we may participate in the divine nature of Jesus Christ and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So this is the part where I want you to hang tight with me. So he's saying that in the knowledge of God rests everything that we would ever need to live a powerful life. And part of these things that he's given us to give us the ability to live a powerful life, the things that he's made available to us are these precious, these very precious, very great promises of God. And it's through these promises of God that he has given us the ability to share and partake in the divine nature of Jesus Christ and simultaneously escape from the corruption that comes from evil desires. So you have these two things, to share in the divine nature of Jesus and to escape the corruption that comes from evil desires. So this right here is, pause, I'm going to go back to verse 1. This is why it's so important that we understand that he is absolutely 100% talking to believers. He's talking to believers. He's talking to people who have put their faith in Jesus. And so what he's saying, and I, want, I just want to be very clear. So this is this is one of the main points of today's podcast. So if you need to pause and go back and write this down, do whatever you need to do, but I need you to hear this. He is saying, it is the desire of God is that we would partake in the divine nature of Jesus, that we would be transformed into the image of Jesus, that we would begin to think like him and live like him, to walk in that power, to walk in that wisdom, to walk in that knowledge, and to live our life in a powerful way and share in the divine nature of Christ. That's his desire. And it's also his desire that we would escape the corruption that comes from evil desires. But what he's not saying is that this is definitively already happening in your life. He's saying that everything to be able to do this, to be able to live a life of power, to be able to take part in the divine nature, and to be able to escape the corruption that comes from evil desires, it is all available to you, and he desires it for you, and he's given you everything, he's made available everything that you would ever need to do this, but what Peter is driving home right here and right now, and what God wants you to know is because he's made it available to you does not mean you are doing it does not mean that you possess it that means that you can be a believer and not actively taking part in the divine nature not growing not transforming not living effectively not living powerfully and that you can simultaneously also not escape the corruption that comes from evil desires meaning that just because we are saved Just because our faith is in Jesus and our eternity is secure does not mean that our evil desires that are still awake in our flesh does not bring corruption into our life. So he's saying, I want you to, listen, I want you to take part in the divine nature and I want you to escape that temporary corruption that comes from evil desires. We're not talking about salvation, that's why I started off with this. It's so important that you don't think salvation, but that you think sanctification, that you think transformation, that you think that the, the temporary things in this life, because that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the temporary things in this life, us becoming a transformational believer, us becoming someone who can change the culture and live a life fully devoted and power to God. Everything we need to be able to do that is made available to us in the knowledge of god but just because it's made available to us doesn't mean that we possess it and though god desires us uh, to be able to take part in the divine nature that that doesn't mean that we are and that because he desires us and has given us the way to escape that corruption that temporary corruption that comes from evil desires doesn't mean that we are what he's saying up front and he will prove it to you in a minute so if you don't believe me now wait for a minute he's saying up front to you to believers Everything you ever need to walk in power in this life, to share in the divine nature of Jesus Christ and to escape the corruption of evil desires is made available to you. It is available to you every single day that you live. Every second that you walk this earth, it is available to you. But just because it's available to you doesn't mean you have possession of it. And just because God desires it for you doesn't mean that it's in the process of taking place. So he lays this out front and then he moves on. And he says, "Because." this is true, for this very reason, verse 5, for this very reason, make every Okay? So I want to take a second, I want to slow down, I want you to hear me. He's saying it is available to you, but just because it's available to you doesn't mean you've taken possession of it. And he says, so because of this, for this very reason, because every, he's made every single thing you would ever need available in the knowledge of Jesus. Because it's available, then he says, make every effort to take possession of it. Make every effort, and then he says, to add some things to our faith. So when we first get saved, all we have is faith in Jesus. And then everything else grows out of that faith in Jesus Christ. And so he's making this, this, this plea, and he's saying, at every effort. Now listen, there's a lot in verse 5 to 7, and I'm going to touch on these things really fast. This is an incomplete thought on some of these things, but it's enough that you'll get the general direction and the idea of what Peter's trying to say and what God wants to say to us today. So he says, I want you to add uh, two things. The first, he says, I want you to have virtue and knowledge. Some of your translation may say goodness, but it's just the virtue and knowledge. Both of these, I want you to think both of these are energetic proactiveness towards the knowledge of Christ. So that virtue is is, is the idea of just what is intrinsically good. It's the idea of you knowing what's good and chasing that and, and going after that. It's an idea. Think of, listen, I'm telling you, this is incomplete. And this is not nearly everything that pertains to these words but I want you to get the picture of what he's saying. These first two are about think energetic proactiveness towards the knowledge of God. It means you know that it's good, you know that it's of God, you've put your faith in Jesus, you believe in the scriptures, you believe that there's power in the gospel, you believe that there's power in the knowledge of Christ, you know that it's available to you. So he's saying so be virtuous in this and and, and be knowledgeable in this, meaning that you're gonna go out and get it because that word knowledge, is a, it's an incomplete experiential knowledge. So for him to say, I want you to add this this incomplete experiential knowledge to your faith, it's meaning that he wants you to experience. He wants you to touch and experience the knowledge of God and the things of God and then pull them into your life. He wants you to be proactive and go after them, okay? So that's the first to Think energetic, proactiveness towards the knowledge of Christ. The 2nd to two, self-control and perseverance. So he says, add to your faith, first, this virtue and knowledge. And remember, all of this, everything we're talking about, is about the knowledge of God. It's about obtaining, possessing the things made available to us in the knowledge of Christ. So this is all about the knowledge of God. So he says, the second one, self-control and perseverance. Think about this one as a restrictive discipline towards yourself. Okay, so this is saying, listen, you have the knowledge of God. So self-control, self-mastery. He's saying, attempt to live that way. Live that way. When you have a, when God gives you some knowledge and he reveals something in his word to you, like forgiving people live that way be have make every effort to add self-control to to know the knowledge of god and then to operate in the knowledge of god it's restricting your natural desires self-control self-mastery but the second one is perseverance some translations say patience it's this idea of enduring and remaining and not stopping. So the first two, virtue and knowledge, are energetic, proactiveness towards the knowledge of God. Go out and get the knowledge of God. You know that it's powerful. Get it, obtain it, read it, study it, acquire of it, listen to messages, listen to podcasts, take it into your life, experience, experiential knowledge, go out and get it. The second one's that you when you have some of this knowledge, develop self-control and develop self-mastery and you know the things that are right and wrong, you know the things that are good and bad, you know the things that are wise and foolish after God reveals them to you and make an attempt to really add these things to your life and to really restrict what is natural, the foolishness, the wicked in us. But then the second one he says, endure, remain, don't quit, don't stop. Don't stop doing this. If you have a good day, don't stop. If you have a bad day, don't stop. If, 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 if you have a day where anxiety just takes over, Turn from it, move on from it, get lost in the knowledge of God, get lost in prayer, and endure through it, and don't stop, don't give up, don't let a, a, a day of, of of weakness become a life of failure. Just because we have a weakness in a weak day in our self control and in adhering to these things doesn't mean we need to give up. So listen, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this; it's incomplete, okay? But this is the the base of it. And then he says, and add godliness. Again, so the first one's energetic proactiveness towards the knowledge of God. The second two are restrictive uh, kind of internal things within ourselves. You know, attempt to live the way God's asking us to live and never give up. No matter how many times we fail, don't ever stop. Don't ever stop remaining in this. Now, godliness is an energetic proactiveness towards the devotion of God. Meaning that we live day in and day out. We want to add to our faith these things. And one of the things we want to add to this idea of knowledge is that we are living our life devoted to God, that we're taking in the knowledge of God, that we're growing in the knowledge of God, and, we want, to be able, and we, want, we want to live devoted to God, that we come to this place where we realize God is the one worth living for and we want everything in our life to pertain to Him, to be devoted to Him, and we slowly get more and more into that. And he goes on again to then add to this godliness, brotherly love, and then love. So brotherly love, it's a love for people. And the, and the last one is just that love, that deep agape, that deep love of God. And I know that these are incomplete. But he says you want to be able to do this. Hopefully you know that, that loving God and loving people, that that is a significant part of being a believer. And he wants you to add all of these things. So you, you have these things, he says, make every effort because everything's available to you doesn't mean you possess it, so make every effort to possess it, to reach out to what is available and take possession of it. He says, by adding these things to your life. And then he makes this statement. And remember, it's all about the knowledge of God. It's all about the knowledge of God. It's about taking the knowledge of God, putting it in our life, studying it, learning it, praying through it, letting God, as we, as we learn and reveal, God reveals knowledge, being able to just let that, out of that become these these things, these great promises that allow us to take part in the divine nature to allow us to escape the corruption. And so he makes this statement, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow down just a little bit because I, I want us to get this. In verse 8 he says, If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, this is important, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, he goes, if you have these qualities, and this is a a grace moment. This is is God already proactively giving us some grace and some mercy. Because he says, if you have these qualities in increasing measure, meaning that they are going to start off small, they're going to start off minuscule, but we need to possess them and we need to start today adding these things to our life. And that as the more that we follow Christ, the more that we grow in God, the more we will increase, the more the measure of these things will increase in our life. And as we have them and possess them and they continue to increase in our life, they will keep us from being ineffective and productive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to take just a second and I want us to just talk about that because what he says is, he says that that we, we have to understand That to be ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of Jesus means that we will be ineffective and unproductive living for Jesus. And we won't be able to take part in that divine nature. And we won't be able to escape the corruption that comes from evil desires. And we won't be able to take part in the great and precious promises that God has given us in the knowledge of Him. And so I I wanna read one more thing And I I want this one to sink in, and then I'll, I'll close with some thoughts. He goes on to say, but if anyone does not have them, meaning if anyone is not taking possession of what has been made available to us, it says he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. So this is not talking about salvation. Our, our salvation is secure in the work of Jesus Christ. But he makes this crazy, powerful, truthfully, terrifying statement. He says that when, when, we, when we don't have these, when we don't chase what's available to us, when we don't chase what's available to us, we don't take possession of it, and we don't make every effort to add these things to our life and that go after the knowledge of God, and we become ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of God, meaning that we have knowledge, but it's ineffective in our lives. And I'll explain that in just a minute. I'll give you an example. He goes, when we don't have them, we become nearsighted, meaning that we're only seeing what's right in front of our face, We're not able to see God. We're not able to see the eternal aspect of things. We're not able to see the wise uh, parts of life. We're not able to see what's good and what's powerful. We're we're nearsighted. We're we're nearsighted so much that we're almost blind. We're controlled by what is right in front of our face. We are ruled by what's right in front of our face. And he says that you live your life nearsighted and blind almost like you've forgotten that you've been cleansed from your past sins. The the most extreme version of this sentence is Peter warning you that if you become ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of God, that you can easily, not maybe, not probably, but you will live nearsighted and blind and you will forget you've been cleansed from your sins, meaning that you will live your life as if you were not ever saved to begin with. You don't lose your salvation. You just start living like you were never saved. And he says this is a terrifying reality to those who don't take possession of these things, that these very great precious promises of the knowledge of God and don't make every effort to add these things to our life to be able to become effective and become productive in the knowledge of God. And so this is how you have this thing where you have people who have a true moment with God. They put their faith in Christ, but no growth comes. They get so blinded. They get they become so nearsighted, meaning they become so obsessed with what's right in front of their face, so glued to the culture, so glued to the, to the, the desires of the flesh that they start to live their life as if they were never saved. They live their life as if they've completely forgotten. They gave their life to Christ and they've been forgiven of their sins. That is a terrifying thought to me. This is how you have an American church who many, many are not saved, but many are truly saved, but they're living ineffective and unproductive lives because they are not taking possession of the things that have been made available to us. And so I I want this to sink in. I want this to sear into your heart, into your mind. I want you to understand three very powerful things. One, it is possible to be saved and live like you weren't, aren't saved by becoming ineffective and unproductive in the, uh, in the knowledge of God. That, that is a possibility that he's warning you against. But two, positive, everything we would ever need to live a powerful life in Christ is made available to us in the knowledge of God. And three, he's telling you up front right here and now, it's all about the knowledge. It's all about gaining truth of Christ and then using all of these other things to make that knowledge in your life effective. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna close just for a second. I'm gonna give you an example of what I'm talking about. I'm gonna give you one piece of knowledge that will help a lot of people. So when you have a knowledge of God, a piece of knowledge, for example, the one that's been big on my life lately, where Revelation says, many places throughout scripture, but specifically, Revelation says, that Jesus Christ is the ruler of the kings of the earth. There's lots of scripture that talks about God being the one who rules the kingdoms of man and the kingdoms and kingdoms, the kings and kingdoms of man, that we have this piece of knowledge. Now, if you just have this piece of knowledge, it's a, there's a promise in this that's available to you. Everything that you would need is available to you just in this one distinct piece of knowledge. Okay? But... It can be ineffective and unproductive in your life if you don't add these other things to it. And so I, I want to I I tell you what this means in my life. So there's lots of scripture, but I'm just going to stick to this one, the rulers of kings, the rulers of the uh, kings of the earth. What that means for me, the virtue of it and, and the knowledge of that is I, wanna, I I believe that because God said it. I believe there's power in that knowledge and so I know that it's good. So I'm going to go after it and I'm going to chase it. I'm going to believe it and I'm going I'm to acknowledge it and I'm going to experience it. I'm going to see it and I'm not going to let anybody in this world talk me out of that reality. I'm going to restrict that self-control. I'm I'm going I'm to restrict the doubts in my mind when what I see doesn't add up to what I know is true. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to remain in this truth no matter what. I'm going to let this sink into my life. I'm, I'm going to, uh, to, the godliness part of it, I'm, I'm going to know that I'm going to stay devoted to God in this one piece of knowledge. That, that I'm going to love people in this, that, that, that my love for people will, will, will Im, Im, impact and will grow. Uh, my love for God, the agape, just every, all of this. I'm, I'm going to take this one piece of knowledge and over time, over time remember, I possess these things and it's going to increase. So it'll make me effective and productive in this piece of knowledge. So over time in my life, over the last 10 years or so, as this piece of knowledge, this truth of Christ, over time, what it's done is it's given me a great sense of peace. So right now, currently, there's a lot of people upset, a lot of people with anxiety, a lot of people with worry about the direction of our country, about the way things are going. But I don't have any of that. Because I know, I know that Christ is the ruler. I know that, that just that one statement or two in Revelation 1, I know that Christ is present in the church, he's present, he holds us in his hands, he's the one building the church, he's ruling, he's in control. I know that he's the rulers of the kings of the earth. I may not have chosen certain kings and princes and presidents and kingdoms. I may not like it, I may not get it, I may not understand it, but Jesus Christ knows what he's doing. And whether he allows something to happen or he positions something to happen, that in this moment he is the ruler of the kings of the earth and that he will use and raise up the kings for his purpose. And, and I know that. And so at this point in this life, because this piece of knowledge has become so effective in my life and so productive in my life, I look at this moment, I look at the season that we're in and while everybody else is, feels like this is a loss, feels like things are difficult, feels like things are heading in a, in a godless direction. I know things are heading in a godless direction. I don't care. I have peace in my heart. I know that things are going to become more and more difficult for followers of Jesus. I don't, have any, I don't have any fear, though. I don't have any anxiety. I don't have any worry. What I know is, is that my king is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And I know that if he raises up someone, that he's going to use that person for a significant purpose, no matter what it is. And it might not be the purpose we want. It might not be according to our will. It might not be according to our ways. But I know, I trust, and so I have peace in my heart. I have, there's, I'm walking in a powerful thought right now. I mean, think about this. There are so many people cowering in corners and, and, and acting like God lost a, a, a battle. And I'm saying we have the greatest opportunity in history Jesus is in control. Jesus is moving. Things will be more difficult, but we have an opportunity of genuine revival. We have an opportunity to change the culture. We have an opportunity to shine light in the darkness. Okay, so this is the difference. There are many, many, many Christians who have that knowledge available to them that Jesus is in control, that God's will will be done, that he raises up the kings and uses them according to his good purpose, no matter if it makes sense to us or not. There's a lot of people who have that knowledge available to them, but it's ineffective and it's unproductive. And so they're not able to take part in the divine nature. They're not able to take part of the promises of God. They're not able to have that peace in their life and to be free of anxiety and free of worry concerning these things where I am excited and ready to go and ready to charge and ready to kick in the devil's teeth and take on the gates of hell and change the culture around us for the glory of God. Other people are worried and scared and moving. We have the same piece of knowledge but I'm taking possession of it and I'm taking it. And over the years I've added these and it's been, I've had the qualities, they've increased in measure. And now I'm walking in that peace and I have that promise and it's real to me and it's powerful to me. So th- that's just one example of one I think that mean a lot to us right now of what Peter's saying. Peter's driving these believers, he's driving these Christians, and he's saying, listen, I want you to know up front everything you ever need in life to live a powerfully devoted life to Christ, to find and fulfill your purpose and see the will of God done in your life. Everything is made available to you. Just because it's available doesn't mean you possess it. So because it's available, and because available and possession are two different things, make every effort to add these things to your faith so that the knowledge that's available to you will be effective and will be productive in your life and you can live and take possession of it over time. It's a process. Over time, you will live more and more like Christ, be transformed more and more and live more and more powerfully. All right, so I know this one was a little longer. And some of the rest but I think there's just something in this I think that it's powerful I think it's a conversation worth having and I just want to inspire you guys this morning my heart my prayer for you is exactly what Peter's was grace and peace is yours in abundance if you will take possession of it it's yours in abundance so let's take possession of this grace this peace this power that he's given us I love you guys so much please comment please share watch this Give us some feedback. We love you guys so much. Hope you have a great day.